always trying to get this guy to come to Wisconsin. I think he's uh, I think he's scared we'll drink him under the table because as true Wisconsinites, we're tanks. Our guy Dave Essler, the Florida kid. What's up, Dave? Um, you know, I was listening to you guys kind of whine about Kristen Jelich, and I thought for a second, like, <laughs> don't you don't you control the content? I mean, you don't have to talk about that. You can sweep that right under the rug. Dave, you got to bring it up because it's so, uh, like, it's uh, hilarious. Ready for this? It's out of left field. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. I, I think Ian Happ will probably win anyway. I mean, uh, Peralta already won. Yelich already won. Hat plays in Wrigley, so the, it's easy to be good, a good left fielder because it, it's either hit right at you or over the fence. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, it's just like, it's like, it was so bizarre. Like, my jaw hit the floor. I'm like, how is this? How's this possible? Yeah, but it's, it's left, left field, and, you know, that's where that's where DHs go to die. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, catch us up, Roski. How's everything going, man? What's new? How we living? How's how's Florida? Florida's great. I mean, it's probably going to be almost Wisconsin weather this week. I hear, hear you guys are having a heat wave. Yeah, we're going to get up here to, to uh, today, 72. 76 tomorrow, 74 Sunday, 74 Monday. Then back to the crap after that. You want to come, Dave? You want to come the weekend? Um, I don't know if I can. Let me let me let me get back to me. I can talk to my wife about that. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know yeah. if the missus will like that. Hey, Dave. Speaking of the weekend, well, real quick, um, how, how are you doing on playoff baseball? Are you betting on it? Our guy Rowdy over here is uh, undefeated. Yeah, we're five and zero oh on the show, six and one in my personal. Are you are you dabbling? No, don't, don't bring up the personal. Yeah, we're so five and zero oh on the show, Dave. That's what he should should have said. We da- exactly. we dabbling, Dave. We dabbling. We're dabbling, but I had the Yankees last night. I have to admit. Mm. Well, here, Dave. You well, just, you said defense, don't bring up Rowdy's loss. In don't your bring defense, up I think last night was Yankees or pass, and we passed. Well, I didn't, I, but I I won more than that because I had the over in the uh, Saints Cardinals game, and that was over by I don't know what thirty two minutes into the game. Did you yeah. send Did you send uh, Andy Dalton a thank you note for having two? I did actually. Actually, I tweeted I was pissed. When he threw that pick in the interception in the end zone relatively early, I go, well, that goes at least three points. And then he, then he throws those two pick sixes. We love you, Andy. <laughs> Thank you, Red Rocket or Red Rifle. You, uh, we love you. Hey, speaking of NFL action, Dave, so this is hard to figure out because, I, listen, I love the Green Bay Packers. Uh, every game I think they're going to win. I, every year I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, even this year, they're sitting at 3-3. Three and three. They got you know the little injury bug in the wide receiver room. And Aaron Rodgers with the hurt thumb. He's not playing like you know the MVP that I know and love. Still love him, though. You got Matt LaFleur who's too busy looking at his eyebrows and coaching. Uh, but they are playing against the commander team who stinks. Marty, what's the five and a half? Is that still the line? I believe it's four and a half now. Well, Dave, what do we think about the Packers and this little line against the commanders? Yeah, I mean, I gotta take Washington. I'm sorry. Huh. I mean, I mean, from a from a conscientious objector, I mean, I, th- I mean, I think it's total desperation up there. I mean, they got the Bills next week. Um, not cool. They're two games behind the Vikings. I mean, they let my boy Bailey take them to OT at home. Um, you know, lost lost to the Jets. I mean, I don't care what the weather was like. They lost to the Jets. Uh, their only road win was at Tampa Bay, which. You know, in hindsight, you know, thought we thought it was a good win at the time, but was it? You know, I mean, I know Taylor Hanegy's playing, but you know, the Packers are twenty fifth in rush yards allowed. So, you know, even if they have to throw, I think the Packers are dead last in opponents' completion percentage. So, you know, <sighs> people remember what they saw last—the ugliness in, in Chicago for Washington. Um, the game prior to that, they dominated the Titans at home everywhere, but on the scoreboard. So, 
I would have to, I would, I would have to mumble Washington there a little Man. bit. Yeah. Your conscientious objections, See, Dave. I I have such a one or the other here for Green Bay. I feel like Green Bay loses this game, or they come out here and absolutely blast the Commanders. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but I'm going to go with option A. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because what is what have, has shown us otherwise, right? Like they haven't. Well, I mean, you know, true. I mean, you know, you're 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 betting on them to do something that I'm I'm not sure they're capable of. I mean. <sighs> They're they're a mess. Uh, I I I put it this way: I couldn't take the Packers and lay those points on the road against anyone right now. Well, looking around the NFL, Mister Essler, uh, what do you like? Is there anything you can give us a little nugget here, a little juicy nug? Uh, a juicy nug or just a nug? Uh, it's up um, to you. The ball's in your court. Either a nug or a juicy nug, whichever. Yeah, I I, I like the uh, the Panthers team total under. I mean, the Bucks defense is they they are all that. They're not getting the Panthers total that they were, but. Um, you know, I, I almost don't care who plays for 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 Carolina. Philip Walker, Jacob Eason. I mean, I you know Tampa Bay needs to get right, and uh, I think the last I saw it was fourteen and a half. I don't see Carolina getting into the end zone twice. Uh, they get sacked on almost ten percent of their dropbacks, and you know the Bucks. I think are third in, in sack percentage. So I think it's in as much as the the Bucks offense isn't right, their defense is fine. Um, I like the. Uh, Texans and Raiders total over. Um, I don't, uh, you know, Houston's uh, given up a lot of yards, but not a lot of points, and I think that changes uh, this week. I, I think they're vulnerable to the pass. Defensively, the Raiders are just vulnerable. So that's a game I, I see going over. Uh, you know, people are going to look at that and say the Raiders haven't been scoring and, and Houston doesn't, but I think that changes. I mean, I look at that game like I looked at last night. You know, most of the free world loved that under last night, but what do we have? Seventy-six points. So yeah. I think that that game was over the number. I, Dave, I like that. Rowdy, you just made an old face about this first pick. The, the Panthers. No, I was just looking at the current lines for the Carolina Panthers team total over, and they're currently at twelve and a half with some uh, juice on the over. Mm. Carolina, they're bad, Dave. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Trust me, he knows. Uh, Dave Essler joining us right now, pregame.com. Also follow him on Twitter, Dave underscore Essler, E-S-S-L-E-R. What a handsome SOB and good at what he does. Dave, college ranks, Mr. Mister SEC, our guy Dave. Did you have a little rocky top, Dave? Were you on Tennessee last week? I gave you guys Tennessee. I know, that baby, was, I know. Yeah, that was my favorite pick of the week. Um, you know, Mr. SEC loves the LSU Tigers. In fact, I bet him it. Plus one and a half, and now they're minus two and a half. Um, I think I yeah, think go, they go Tigers. Well, I think Mississippi is a is a pretender. I mean, I think they're you know they're ranked seventh. Are they the seventh best team in the nation? I mean, they're not, and I don't think it's close. Rowdy was on LSU earlier. This yeah, week. Dave, I gave that out on Monday. Well, good for you. I did as well, and we probably got a much better number than anybody that's listening today is going to get. And one thing that I looked at right away when you talk about Ole Miss being the seventh team in the country, two of the teams that they played that are worth anything, they played them to, like, extremely close games. Yeah, I mean, the only above-average team they played, and and you know this because you gave it out, is Kentucky at home, uh, and they won by three and scored 22 points. So you look at the strength of schedule there, it's 57th or or one spot worse than App State. Uh, LSU's strength of schedule is seventh, so... You know, I I think I think that was a WTF game. 
wrong team favorite to begin with, and, and now it looks like it's the right team favorite. Would you say just as a whole, too, that when you think of LSU football, you think of a team that, you know, the last 25 years is good defensively, runs the football, but a physical team. When I think of Ole Miss and just Lane Kiffin in general, I think of his teams being more finesse teams. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And, and, you know, it's funny that LSU fired NEO last week, but, you know, in reality, you know, Orgeron never had a chance. I mean, after that national championship, they had a COVID year. Last year they went 6-6, six and six, but they played seven ranked teams, and, and they didn't they didn't get hammered. They lost to Bama by six, Arkansas and OT. Uh, they beat Texas A&M and Florida. So, yeah, it was 6-6, six and six, but I think when you look underneath the skin there, it, it probably wasn't that bad. And I really like Jalen Daniels when he was at Arizona State and it looked like he's starting to, to, to heat up there. So, yeah, I, I love that you too. Uh, Dave, I have to ask, just because, you know, I, I like your opinions on stuff, even when, you know, you don't you crap on the Packers, my, my one love. Uh, let's see what you think about the Badgers. Are you married? Wow, Jen understands. Jen understands. Yeah, I mean we're we're we're, we're, getting, we're, we're getting closer. Those sun pictures really—it's something I can't unsee. Well, Dave, I would love to keep sun on my balls lately. It's just getting a little cold around here. This weekend, those are my last hurrah before it all goes. You know, then I'm just gonna start coming to Florida. I hope you got a nice patio. Okay, Dave. I got, yeah, Badgers at Michigan State. Badgers have not lost to Michigan State since 2003. Purdue. Oh, sorry, Purdue. They lost Michigan State. They I, was lost look, I was going to look for Michigan State. I wasn't prepared for that. Excuse me. Excuse me. I was thinking of my wife wearing just a cheese head. Dave, and me starting my yeah. balls. Dave, Badgers, Purdue. What's the line at, Rowdy? Four and a half, you said? Two I think half. it was two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. I'm all over the yeah. map. Dave, two and a half. What are we thinking? Some people I respect like Purdue, but I'm going to just throw that out there and defer. I mean, the, the total is coming down, uh, and I don't agree with it. I think they're basing that on especially the weather is going to be nice. They're basing that on the, the sort of the perception of actually both teams. But, you, you know, both teams average over 30 points a game and, and both teams give up uh, over 25. And, you know, I, I, I uh, you know, Wisconsin stops the run. We know that, but Purdue doesn't run anyway. I think they're 124th in rush, rush play percentage out of 131 teams. And, if you're going to beat Wisconsin, they are a little vulnerable in the air. And I can say the same thing about, you know, Purdue's defense. They're, they're just not that good. They also stopped the run. So, to your point, you might see a little aerial attack because uh, Purdue's offense is 108 in yards per pass allowed. So, yeah. I like that I like that over quite a bit. Okay. Okay. All right, Dave. Hey, Dave, uh, we appreciate all the picks. I, I have to ask you this. It's, a, it's kind of a personal thing. I don't know if you uh, can set an over-under on it. But... So Saturday, tomorrow, uh-huh. Rowdy uh-huh. and I, we have our Zone Blitz pregame badge. It's our pregame um, at the Red Zone leading up to kickoff uh, for the Badger game. Then there's the Badger game. And then later that night, Rowdy and I uh, happen to be going to the same concert. It's a band called Cannons. It's, um, it's this vibey, like, synth pop. Like, it's, 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 it's a cool band, great band. I, I tell everyone to check them out. But here's the question. So I'm going to go out to eat with my beautiful wife and then get some drinks and then go to the concert. Rowdy, beautiful wife, she must listen. Uh, she's working right now. Someone's got to pay the bills. That's you know. I, I'm always covering my bases because everyone listens and they they tell her what I say about her. Be- my beautiful, gorgeous, insanely hot wife, Dave. Here's the question though. I'm going to be you know, either getting an Uber or driving down there with, with my missus. Our guy Rowdy over here, he is planning on walking from the red zone all the way to uh, downtown. We're well, already kind of downtown, but to another side of downtown to the Sylvie, this concert venue. Rowdy, what is the mileage that you're going to walk? I think it's about three and a half miles. Three and a half yeah. miles. 
<laughs> what could you set a, could you set a line on the over under of how long it takes Rowdy to walk three and a half miles from the red zone, maybe a little tipsy, to the Sylvie to um, watch the concert? I would I think I think the return trip is definitely probably the lock of the year. Uh, it, it, uh, It'll be over whatever number they set. Rowdy tried to figure it out yesterday. Rowdy, how long do you think it was? No, I think I could do it in about hour 15. <laughs> well, I hope so. That was three and a half miles, three and a half miles in 75 minutes. Yeah. Hour, uh, hour 15 uh, It might even under? be faster. I mean, you think about you get I, I, some of that. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure you can, but the return trip, you're definitely not going to cover. Well, well, Dave, think well, of this. Sorry, sorry, there will be no return trip. It is homecoming this weekend for the for Wisconsin. So you got to think of more foot traffic, more traffic on the roads. There's a lot of you know, st- you know, lights. Then Rowdy's got to wait for the walk sign sometimes because he doesn't want to get hit nope, by a car. Just keep walking. You don't want to get hit by a car. Uh, so you have more foot traffic, more traffic itself. He, are you going to be inebriated at all? I'm sure. It's a little inebriation, Dave. And then also, we know Rowdy likes to talk. You got to factor in maybe he runs into someone he hasn't seen in a while and strikes up a conversation. You said an hour and fifteen, Melly, over under. Oh, I get there. What do we think, Dave? This is business. There's no talking. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think he probably does get there because he'll probably only be like point one seven by then. But the return trip, the return trip without an Uber, he doesn't he doesn't stand a chance. That's the that's the that's the Panthers' offense against the Bucks' defense right there. That's funny, Dave. I have I have an extra ticket if you want to come up. I can't. I get a free I get a free morning tomorrow. We're in the suite, Dave. I'm, I can wine and dine you. We're in the suite. You know, if you get your if own bar, was, your own bathroom, you look down on the peasants when you're up there. Yeah, I mean, if I can come up and, and see Jukebox Hero or something, I might do that. Oh. But not a band I never heard of. Dude, Foreigner. Foreigner. I was yeah, supposed to go with my mom, and then COVID happened. Like, oh. The whole world shut hey, down, and then two days later, it was a foreigner concert. I think, concert. I, I, think they're in, I think they're in Palm Coast pretty soon, and that's only about 45 minutes from here, so come on. All right, I'm coming, Dave. Fair enough. Dave, we love you, buddy. <laughs> I love you guys too. Have fun tomorrow. Have a good weekend. There is Dave Essler. Dave underscore Essler. E S S L E R. R15? You can get that. That's nothing. Especially if I'm bet. There will be no conversations. There'll probably be a bit of a jog. It'll be a speed walking, a brisk walk. And it's going to be like 70 degrees. It's going to be beautiful. Right, this is Cannons right here. You ready, Rowdy? I'm getting, ch- I'm stoked for tomorrow. I can see it. Rowdy, I can't see you vibing, but Jen and I can be dancing. I won't be dancing. I guarantee that's the lock of the century. You know Jen's going to grab you and try to dance with you. Right? I'm going to be sitting in a chair. Rowdy, uh, reader in Madtown, and we'll talk about this coming up. Uh, he said, Brian Gutekunst, the worst GM in the history of the NFL. He says, you guys didn't have to read my stuff on air, but thank you. Uh, he says, uh, I've been working on piecing my thoughts together of how Brian Gutekunst wasted Rodgers' twilight years by literally depleting his weapons. Now, the team is solid overall, but it's a tragedy how they have not catered to Rodgers. Drafting of Jordan Love, never getting a wide receiver in the first round, not doing anything in free agency to give him weapons, letting Devontae Adams go to Las Vegas. Now, the Packers tried. They gave Devontae actually offered him more guaranteed money. He said no. But all of this, how Rodgers, Brian Gutekunst has depleted Rodgers' twilight years. Remember when Rodgers and Brian Gutekunst hated each other? Or Rodgers hated him? I don't know if the feeling was mutual with Goody. But, like, Goody came in and was like, okay, you sucked ass. In 2018, when you got McCarthy fired, 
what did you want me to do? I got to go get a quarterback. I think the end of Rodgers is near. Well, then Rodgers won two MVPs, but it literally done nothing when giving him weapons. Is Brian Gutekunst public enemy number one here, and we just don't realize it? Well, I think, first off, we're not having these type of conversations if the Green Bay Packers have taken care of business and beat the teams that you just expected them to beat, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they probably have... They're 3-3 three and three right now. They're probably sitting at 5-1 and one if they did that. Like, if they go in there and win some excuse-me ugly football games against the Giants and the Jets two straight weeks in London and then right after London in, in Lambeau, mm-hmm. we're not having these conversations. And weirdly enough, they were dominating the Giants in the first half, fell apart in the second half, still had an opportunity at the end of the game. Yeah. The Jets game was ugly basically from the word go. But say they say they was won a sticker. say they won some gross game by like a field goal. Are we really having these same conversations? No. And they're five and one. Yeah. Now you could look at that and say, well, they're five and one. You know, they were lucky to hold on against the Giants and they were lucky to win a gross field goal game against the Jets. Well then you could go back and say, Well, they were lucky to beat that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they were lucky that Justin Fields didn't get into the end zone. They didn't even try to win week one. This team could be one in five. But then at the same thing, you could easily say they could be five and one. Now, we're up against it because we have the Razor's Edge. And I know we have, we have Dan from Half the Battle to talk UFC 280, which is an absolutely loaded card at nine. Trudette. But at 920, I want to talk about some things that I had uh, saw on Twitter the last couple days. You got it all Green Bay Packers and why I'm not worried. I love it. I'm going to tell Raphael we're calling the dogs off today. I'm not sounding the alarm. I've been very stern on that point so far this week that I'm not sounding the alarm on the Green Bay Packers who are 3-3. Three and three. Yeah, it hasn't looked pretty. Yeah, you could easily make the argument that they should be 1-5. You could also make the argument that they could easily be 5-1. and one. Now, they're 3-3. Three and three. They are what they are. Your record, you are what, what your, your record, record is. Says. Bill Sometimes. Parcells. Mike McCarthy also abides by that. Oh. Big Mike. But they're 3-3. Three three. We've seen and we've talked about this roster and how basically everyone on the defensive side of the football, whether it's their own play or how they've currently been used in the scheme, are probably slightly thumbs down. For the most part, like Devondre, Devondre Campbell, he's been worse than he was last year. He was a question mark. We wondered if he could duplicate the season he had. Please don't be a one-hit wonder. Quay Walker's best grade in pro football focus was average through four game or through those six games, but we've seen him have moments like the strips, like running guys down on the sidelines. But overall, it hasn't been great. You look at the the corners. We know the corners in the secondary in general. They're good players. But they haven't necessarily been put in the best position. You're playing way off of guys, and you're playing zone coverage. When they should be uptight, playing man. But I digress. And then the defensive line. You had Jaron Reed, who's playing well. Kenny Clark has been, eh, he's Kenny Clark. But all the other guys kind of down. Everyone uh, that is rushing off the edge outside of Gary, probably slightly down. Those are easy fixes. At least over the course of a season, you think that they would come back to their norm. They would start to play better offensive side of the football. 
We know the running backs are a constant. We know the quarterback is a constant. The tight end position kind of is what the tight end position is. It's never going to be great, but Mercedes Lewis will catch some passes, throw some mean blocks. Robert Tunyon should get stronger as the season goes on. He's getting better from his ACL surgery, but it, it is what it is. The wide receiver was the big question mark. The offensive line was a big question mark. I think a lot of people especially people in that front office for Green Bay, they like what they have at the offensive line position. You got Bakhtiari back. You've gotten Elton Jenkins back. Those two guys, in theory, only get stronger with more time to recover. I feel like you figure it out. You you have some guys that are sitting there that have some talent that you can mismatch them and, and change kind of your starting offensive line. And I think I'm not worried about it. I think they figure that part of the game out. Now, the one that we keep going back yes, to yes, is yes. wide receiver. Do they have enough talent? Hey. Can the talent that they have? Sammy Watkins coming off the IR coming up here. Get up to speed. But that's the thing. Watkins has been hurt. Cobb has been hurt. Watson, a young player you were hoping that could get a lot of reps to develop. He's been hurt both in the preseason and now. Dobbs has been solid. Like Alan Lazard missed a game. Lizard, he man. is kind of what he is. Had a sick touchdown against the Are Jets. Are they going to make a trade? Blah, blah, blah. Well, here. There's Can a the quarterback play better? I don't. Is, just, do you want Todd to call in again? Is Aaron Rodgers. I, 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 would, I would love to talk to Todd. Is Aaron <laughs> Rodgers not a top five quarterback Call in Todd. 608 Whatever. All I know is that you had Tom Brady giving some Q&As. Man, a few weeks ago now where he said this league stinks right now. There's a yeah. lot of parody. There's a lot of No, he said there's not football. parody. There's just bad teams. Yeah. It's not parody. It's bad football. Well, look at there's a lot of teams that are actually on paper supposed to be pretty good that are three and three. The Packers just happen to be one of them. Like, yeah, you have some of the teams that have jumped out there and wowed people like the Philadelphia Eagles, like the Eh. Buffalo Bills. There's no doubt about that. But the reason why I still am not sounding the alarms is because we knew the offense wasn't going to be great. We knew that, that the defense would agree, have to. But don't you think it would have been better? But like kind of by now, they've seemed like you would seem think, like they regressed but then a little you can, bit. You can easily look seven. You can easily look at the fact yeah. that you have four There's out of your five games. top receivers missing games this year. So how how do you think if you're already anyway. going to be weak? That Lizard you were? man's fine. This Lizard is Bob's been growing. This what is do you all see on Twitter. This is all. Yeah, what did you see on Twitter? You, what said, you, you said this random, like every day this week. What did you, is, what this did you is see all what you see on paper or with the naked eye while watching games. That, what did you see on Twitter? Now on Twitter, there are different uh, computer programs, algorithms, and people out there it's that run Big these Brother. different it's things. And they use these different factors that they put into these algorithms. And then they kind of spit out how these teams have performed. Now there were four different ones that I saw. One of them, they call it like four. the it, it is a it was an algorithm where they put every team in there and it was like the four factors on every outcome of that can happen. So when you have the football, you can what score points, you can turn the football over, you can punt. There's four there's four outcomes, four factors that can happen. They throw all these things in and how you've done and what's expected and they spit them out. The Green Bay Packers in there for how bad they've played. There's 32 teams in the NFL. Last time I checked. For their outcomes and how it's been derived, they still were 14th. That's still middle of the road. And I feel like when you're talking about the fact that the NFL allows 12 teams into the postseason, and that's 
a little less than a little less than half the teams. They're a borderline playoff team, and they've played like ass this year. And the, according well, to these four different outcomes, here's the thing that's concerning about it. Though we thought this was the easy part of the schedule, and this is when they're playing ass is against these perceivably beatable teams, and they but, stink. But that's not the only one. Then there's another one where <laughs> it's it's EPA and how they've kind of played in their efficiency and uh. everything like that. The Green Bay Packers. EPA-wise, they came in as okay. 12. What's your eyes telling you, though? They're telling me that, they, that no, no, they're that they not eyes putting it together, and it's a little dis- dysfunctional, but that's what I'm saying. There's room to grow. The EPA is even saying it's not even as bad. They were rated like the 12th best team Which, in the NFL. For what we expected, is terrible. And that's what I'm saying is that these guys have room to improve, yet it's not like they're the 25th ranked team when it comes to all these. Now yeah, there's They're 3-3, three and three and they just lost to two teams from New York here's that what, haven't had a pulse in a like, decade. I like the stats that try to make you feel like you it'll turn around and be better, but when I look at look at the Packers, they look like they suck. Well, looking at the defense and assuming everyone I think they can turn the offense around. Rodgers is going to improve. Once Rodgers plays better, that's a different story. There's another one out there where they they throw all these. He's MVP four time. And it was the how the market derives your team, as in like kind of through Vegas and and looking at it. Now I know that the public and Green Bay is more of a public team, but they can they can always kind of uh, have teams trend up a little higher than what they actually think they are. But that the market derived team tiers. Green Bay is eighth. Like I saw these four different, four different um, metrics used and they threw them all out. Green Bay was anywhere from eight to 14 on every single one of them. Yet we think they've played bad because our eyes have told us that they've played bad, but I don't think it's actually as bad as it, it seems I don't know, game is pretty when bad. you're well, looking at some of the analytics a jet game is terrible. and they haven't even, they haven't even caught their stride yet. I'm not sounding the alarm. I'm saying but it. What if they never do? Aaron Rodgers isn't washed. I love Rodgers. What if Devontae Campbell think Rogers keeps turned around. playing like a liability? What if Quay Walker keeps playing like a liability? Now, clearly, He's, if they continue to play this way, where Devontae Campbell is Sunday? not Devontae Campbell 2021, or the offensive line never gets fixed, clearly they're going to be at an 8-9 and nine team or a 9-8 and eight team. But I think they do figure it out. Do I think they win 13 games? No, that's a tall task. That's only one more loss the rest of the season. But not to make the postseason and to completely fall apart, even though you've struggled this badly through the naked to the I naked eye on paper. I think everyone's sounding the alarm. We had people writing freaking novels. I think they almost wrote a book about it on their Twitter, saying, "Hey, they need to trade Rodgers. This team stinks. The window's closed. It's over." Well, your dissertation's as long as theirs, Rowdy. They're and novel- I'm saying I'm not sounding the alarm. I'm, I'm not freaking out. Yeah. That's great. Uh, the analytics, I love it. The analytics if they lose Sunday, though, then you're going to lose Sunday. What are you going to say? Well, okay. How about this? You don't have to go on a long rant about it, but just keep it short. Well, I did say uh, my my alarm from four out of ten would be going up to eight out of ten if they can't beat the Commanders. Oh, yeah. it's a ten out of ten if they lose in Washington. But if they lose the the Commanders don't have a pulse. What about this? Hey, so, they're better with Tyler Heineken than they're that third Carson Wentz. Would you talk about sports and analytics? The analytics, the analytics in baseball would tell you that hitting home runs and striking out is actually more inducive to winning more games and scoring more sp- scoring right. more runs. But you don't like that. It doesn't appeal to your eye, correct? Uh, I, I disagree. That's a longer conversation. We've already been in a long conversation. But yeah. I would say for the most need a part, here. people would say home runs, strikeouts, it doesn't appeal to watching the game, even though it might help your team actually win more. Some dingers. Through analytics. But... I would argue that's the same thing. 
we it hasn't looked good, even though maybe they're not playing quite as bad as we think. Because there's been the a lot of strikeouts. Team in terms of EPA is a massive, massive disappointment. They're supposed to be a top three team in the NFL, yeah. and they're playing average. As yeah, hell. but everyone is sounding the alarms like they're like because one of the, the worst team teams in is football. Not playing All well. Right. And they have big problems, and I don't see how they're fixed. That's why the alarm's being sounded. They lost to the Jets at home. Jets are four and two. You could argue the Jets could be five and one. They suck. It was three three at halftime. You couldn't do anything against the Jets. Line one, who's this? Mark the Virgin. (laughs) Mark, I need a Bloody Mary after all this. I need to take the edge off. Yeah, I I need a couple. I can never have just one. (laughs) What's up, brother? I need an anytime drink. What's going on, Mark? So I am sounding the alarm. Um, the Packers do suck. Uh, they will lose to Washington, and they will not make the playoff. And you're um, a Packer fan, yes? Yeah, I'm a Packer fan. And um, you guys are talking potential versus reality. Um, well, Row- Rowdy's got all these numbers and analytics and uh, four things he saw on Twitter. Like, I, I want to. Bl- I want. I'm. I'm not panicking yet. But if they lose Sunday, then I'm. I'm. He's panicking. not panicking, but he's just said the Packers suck. I, I have eyes. So, I have two eyes. They're terrible against the Jets. That was the one of the worst games I've ever seen. Oh, you can give me I all agree. the numbers you want, but they I suck they look, ass against the Jets. They look better on paper than what's translating on the field. So, like I, I so can look at a menu. That? I could go why? to a restaurant and look at a menu like, oh, oh, this sandwich. Look at these ingredients. Man, it looks really good. And then I go get the sandwich and it sucks ass. Well, but the ingredients look like they said they were good. Well, I have taste buds, though. It sucked. So, so I know what the issue is. I know why they suck. They they got no heart. Oh, they got they got Kool Aid pumping through their veins. <laughs> they, here, and here's what here's here's what can fix that. Besides the Bloody Mary, here's what can fix that. Um, someone needs to create a spark. Can't have a fire without a spark. Somebody on defense. I, w- I want them to rough. Is the that passer. Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> I want them to put Heineke out of the game. Make them go to the third string. Oh, you want you want is, pain? You want punishment? Yeah. And that'll get that like body bags, Johnny. Here's the other thing. I want I want Dubs to get a over the top touchdown pass, and I want him to get excessive celebration. I want him to go ham and just throw it in their face. Now, now you're talking my language. Now, now. <laughs> you, you got to go to extremes. I want you got to go to the extreme. I, <laughs> I want some WWE. I want, w- w- I want the rocks people elbow. I want the stone cold stunner on someone out there. Um, no, but they, they're, they're not playing with heart. They, and I guarantee Washington's going to come with more juice than what the Packers have. <sighs> you do know that computers and numbers don't have hearts. <laughs> Neither do I. But the computers and numbers an can't play this, can't play the game. Mark, we love you, brother. We love you. Go and, go enjoy a Bloody Mary. And I don't want it to come to true that they get their asses handed to them. I want you calling on Monday and apologizing, okay? Well, hey, if the Badgers are playing tomorrow, there will be a Bloody Mary. Yeah. Well, they're playing tomorrow, so there'll be a Bloody Mary. <laughs> See you, buddy. If the Badgers right. are playing at anything, there's alcohol has to be involved. Ben, you know. Nathan, we love you. EPA, expected yeah. points added per play. Not to get into it, but it measures how efficient you are offensively and defensively. You know who else has a top five in the nation EPA every single season? Who? The Wisconsin Badgers. <laughs> Not Last this year, year. They were the fourth best team in terms of EPA in the country. And what I when we watched the team, what did we think? Oh, they, they are absolutely inept on offense, and their quarterback can't complete a pass. I think you were actually really high on all of those stats, saying, "Oh, look at the Badgers." Oh no, I am still high on them, but I was I was proven wrong because I thought they would be able to 
overcome their quarterback deficiencies. Yeah, so I, like I think numbers, the Packers. But the eyes watching the Packers tell you they're not a good. Who did you have more right faith now. in? Who do you have more faith in? The Packers overcoming uh, what you've seen so far with the players they have, or Packers. the freaking Badgers last year Packers. on offense. <laughs> This guy right here, Mr. Handsome himself, Zach Heilprin, our sports director. I was out at uh, Monks and Sun Prairie last night for Kenny and Heilprin featuring Bill Nagy. What a show and what a performance and what a time. Good morning, Zach. Good morning. How uh, tough was it for you just to sit there and not talk for an hour? There was I, feel a... like that was, I feel like that may have been the toughest thing you've ever done in your entire life. There were a couple moments where I really wanted to blurt out and say something, but yeah. it wasn't my show, not my place. So I was. I, was... I mean, I, t- I, I told you to grab a mic. I was just there to be entertained. I was just there to be entertained, and and I was. And my favorite part about it all, besides whatever came out of your mouth, was when Bill Nagy said that Wildcat, he loves it. Zach, I just, you need to go full out Jacksonville Jaguar lady and just tell Ebo, you know, sometimes you can't let an outsider come in and steal the show. (laughs) I don't even know what that is. I'm, 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 I'm. Completely lost. I have uh, Evo saying things I've never heard before, and you're throwing that out there. I've never heard that before. You've never saw the Jaguar lady oh, in her we'll, beach house? Well, we'll no. I'll send you the video. Oh, my goodness. But you did hear, I'm, and you did hear it because you about crapped yourself when Bill Nagy said he liked, he liked the Wildcat for the Badgers. Yeah, he said that on, he said that on air. I think he said something else off air. I think he said uh, gimmick off air. But, no, no. Yeah. I was saying, no, no. 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 No, he said no, he liked no. it on air. Then off there, he said, "Actually, I love it." Yeah, he's he's he uh, he's a big wildcat guy. You can tell. No, he's, tell. A, he's he, a lineman. Yeah, I mean, because well, well, I mean, that's the thing. It throws another blocker on the field, so the offensive line doesn't have to carry the team. Throw another another uh, blocker on the field, and yeah, it works out well. Zach, you had made a comment uh, too. You always make very intelligent, smart comments. Besides your hatred of the wildcat, which I don't really understand. But Zach, uh, you had said that I Graham Mertz not the problem. For the offense? <laughs> I don't think Bill agreed with that one. Um, <laughs> I, I said, no, I said they have a lot of problems, and Graham Mertz isn't the only one. And that the last time that they were this bad as a team, or, you know, record-wise, was 2008, when quarterback was, like, the biggest problem by far, when they had Allen Everidge and uh, Dustin Shear. Like, the, mm. that's, that's, that was what my, my I was saying. I said, I don't think Graham Mertz is the biggest problem they have. They have a bunch of different issues. It's not like he's the one that's holding this team back. So, Zach, I mean, going into that Michigan State game, we knew that uh, Michigan State secondary was get carved up uh, by the pass. And the Badgers, I mean, I, I don't know. They lost the game, obviously, against Michigan State. And they really really carving them up uh, the secondary. Well, how about this? The Purdue Boilermakers uh, allow 3.2 yards per rush, but in the air is where they struggle. They almost allow eight yards a catch. Is the blueprint too easy? Uh, for the Badgers to uh, beat Purdue, who, by the way, Purdue hasn't beat Wisconsin since, what, 2003, if I remember correctly? 2003, 15 straight wins for Wisconsin. So, I uh, mean, what are we thinking 14 about 14 straight wins for Wisconsin, one for Jonathan Taylor. What are we thinking about the offense coming into this game? Is it, you know, carve them up through the air? Is this a little air assault coming for the for the Wisconsin Badgers, or is it too obvious? That That's some uh, really tough words, Nelly, for uh, Jack Cohn, because... He threw a couple touchdowns that game, and Danny Davis had a couple of ridiculous catches. So, I mean, we can't necessarily just give it to Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, blas- that's some Jack Cohn blasphemy. Uh, hey, I'm a zap- was- I've always been a ben zappy Kenny guy. Stand for it. Ben Kenny wouldn't stand for it. Um, 
What was the question again? Can they pass tomorrow? Or uh, is the blueprint to just aerate it out over Purdue, yeah. or is it too obvious? Because yeah. that's what well, I thought against Michigan State. At, well, that's the problem here. They, if you can't pass protect, it doesn't matter how bad the secondary is. And uh, so they really struggled to obviously protect the passer. And when they did protect him last week, there were some nice throws, and then there were also some throws to two guys in the end zone that should have intercepted the pass. Yeah, they were in um, green so, jerseys. Yeah, that wasn't. Uh, I don't think that those guys were the intended receiver, but. If they can protect them, sure. But yeah, you're right. Like the being able to run the ball probably going to be a little more difficult tomorrow, um, just the way that they have been able to stop the run for the most part. But I, I, they have to be they have to be balanced because if they're not if you're not balanced, it allows guys on the defensive line and linebackers to kind of pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. And we've seen um, when that's the case, the offensive line has has not been able to to hold up now. Positive thing tomorrow, I think, is it looks like Ryan Mullen will play the starting oh. right tackle in oh. week one. Oh, he's really? expected to be available. I don't know if he's actually going to start the game, but he's going to be available. And so you're kind of getting your offensive line back. The the one the the offensive line that you wanted back going to be there tomorrow and available, and maybe that'll help things out. But yeah, it's it's they have to be balanced because right now they haven't proven they can pass protect when uh, the team knows they're passing. Mm. It's, let me ask. Now, I asked Rowdy this, and I agreed with him. It's been a long time since we just talked about it, that they've uh, lost to Purdue. Is there a potential loss coming up here at Camp Randall? I mean, there's a potential loss. There's a potential win. There's a potential blowout. There's a potential uh, getting hammered. I mean, do you know which Wisconsin is going to show up tomorrow? Is, no, I don't. Yeah, I do I, know no that the does. region forecast getting hammered is very high. That's happening for sure. The, the region, yes, of course. With alcohol, not the... <laughs> that's, that's, that's 100% certainty. Yeah, that's that a, that's a yeah. booze flurry coming in yes. the 70-degree weather on Saturday at the Red Zone, Zach. We'd love to yeah. have you down that's, there, 12.30 to 2.30. That's a guarantee. Uh, in terms of like winning that game, uh, losing that game, I, I don't know which team's going to show up. I don't think anybody considering say that they do. Has this and, been one uh, of the most confusing teams for Wisconsin in recent memory? Yeah, I mean, because... They have they have talent. I know there's a lot of people who are screaming like, "No, they don't. They have talent. They're a horrible team." They have talent. Is it true they that do. nil money makes you soft? That's what I hear, but I, I haven't been able to uh, prove that or not. Um, Offensive I just, line. I, I just heard some. I just heard. Well, I mean, I just, I just heard some guys talking about it yesterday. I just I can't. I would love I, to I, get, and maybe the research department can get on this for us. Everyone uh, that got NIL money this year, how good they were this year compared to how they were before they got NIL money. I bet you'd find well, a I mean, lot of them. Well, I mean, everybody on the team has gotten NIL money. Everyone? Yes. Well, there you go. That explains it. In, in one way or another, because GoPuff has like this, GoPuff has this deal that everybody gets money. So Even the kicker that missed those two field goals the first game? Everybody. Wow. Everybody. Do they have that same type what of uh, him, by the way? same type of NIL for NFL? Because it looks like the Packers have probably taken some NIL money too. <laughs> it's called Zenith Watch Money for Aaron Rodgers. Oof. I mean, uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Gets, they're apparently we're seeing hey, some, some people that don't think he's the problem. Don't either, make Todd so. call in. All right. Yep. No. Would never dare. Would never dare uh, say a bad thing about the goddess that is. Goddess, and I'm 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 saying that God. Nope, I'm saying it exactly how I want to say it. <laughs> Goddess, Aaron Rodgers. He is a god. You bow down before him, Zach. Hey, Zach, 
Uh, I want to ask you uh, about Wisconsin basketball here. So um, <laughs> you got to see the first practice uh, that was open to the media. What was that, two days ago? wasn't the first practice. First practice I was able to go to, but yes. Oh, uh, you were yeah, yeah, able to go to my, my Yep, on Wednesday. How was it? How was the team looking? Mm-hmm. In a practice. In a practice. Yeah. I, I think they haven't. Uh, You're not selling me on this no, already, I, on this team. It was one practice, and I think that they have – some interesting pieces. Um, it's going to certainly be a, a team approach because uh, they obviously lose with not having Johnny Davis and not having Brad Davison. They're going to have to find some other guys. Uh, I know Greg Gard is very excited about Tyler Wall and uh, Max Klesman and uh, Connor Asijan. Um He's talked to uh, John Rothstein about those guys. But in, in a little bit that I got to see, um, there was very, I mean, it wasn't like they were doing five-on-five full court type of stuff. It's not what they were doing when I was there, but uh, I think they have some interesting pieces, but I think it's going to be a, a little bit of a, a growing. It's going to, it's going to take a little, I think a little bit for them to hit their stride. I'll, I'll say that. Where's the scoring coming <laughs> from? Chucky Hepburn. I mean, like you said, a team effort, obviously, but is, yeah, is Chucky Hepburn well, I mean, the number I, one then? I think Chucky Hepburn's going to put a points. I mean, Tyler Wall was a third leading scorer last year. I think he ends up, having, I mean, he was after like 11 and a half a game. I think he probably hits into 13 or 14 a game. And then, uh, Stephen Crowell, another, uh, he's, he's added some weight and, um, I think he's going to be able to hold himself. I think he's going to be able to hold up down low, maybe, uh, against some bigger guys that he wasn't able to last year. And he's another guy that's kind of a, he's either going to have a bunch of points or no points, uh, that that was last year. Looking for more consistency from him. I, I think they'll probably get that from him, but I think it is. And there's going to be some growing pains when you lose the the type of scoring that they did from from Johnny Davis and Brad Davison, and defensively, both those guys really good defenders. Now, um, when it was the media that voted on them to finish uh, ninth, did, did mm. you did you get a vote in that? Like like how does that work? I didn't. I let I let Nelly have my vote. Oh, so Nelly probably put him at dead last then. Yeah, so that's why they were ninth because. Uh, that vote must have got lost in the mail. I never saw it. Oh, it was like a Brent mm, Bielema well, situation. You probably let one of the staffers around here do it for him. One of the, one yeah, of the pro- probably. Office probably. assistants. Well, no, I'll pass along my Heisman vote, and you can have that one. I don't know. I'll consider you want it. that one? I'll consider want, it. You, okay, all right. So, Zach, ninth. Um, I'm a believer in fourth or better for Badger basketball until they prove me otherwise. Now, this year, you know, it's going to be a little rough. What does Zach Halpern think? I think the goal should be to make the NCAA tournament. And so a top four finish, probably, um, I mean, obviously that would get you in. But depending on how good the Big Ten is, and it, it, we'll see how the season goes along, but probably seventh, seventh maybe gets you in. Now, eighth, where, maybe, where did you think they'd finish last year? Uh, I didn't think they'd finish 10th. I'll say that. I probably thought that they were going to be, I think the goal was the NCAA tournament um, going into last year. Same Same kind of goal. And, but they obviously had an, an All-American in Johnny Davis, and I guess we didn't know that he was going to be that going into the season, but you kind of felt like he, it was going to be his team after what he had done at the end of the, the 2020 se- or the 2021 season and then going into last year. You kind of felt that it was going to be his team. He did the USA basketball thing and everything. I don't necessarily think that they have a, a guy. Well, that, they did France that, this year, so take that. I don't necessarily think they have a guy that's going to be able to take over games kind of like Johnny was able to do, especially early in that season. So that – that's the difference between this year and last year. You kind of felt like Johnny Davis was going to take off. You didn't know he was going to be what he was, but I don't know if they have that guy right now. I think a lot of people are pointing to Chucky, and 
you know, him being able to have a little bit of a bigger scoring role than he did last year. And, and certainly I think they're going to need that, but you know, there's, there's no Johnny Davis in terms of talent. I think on this team right now. All right. So strap in is what you're saying, eh? It could be a fun. It's going to be fun, be baby. Wisconsin yeah. basketball is always fun. Love the swing offense. Woo. Yes. You know what I love? Me? Yep. Yes. Aaron Rodgers. I really do appreciate, I, no, I really do appreciate you coming out last night, though. Well, I mean, that. come on. And I footed the bills. For, How about that? And for, I, was, and I was supposed to say, and for paying for everything. Yeah, you guys I, sure to drink a lot, I'll tell you that much. I woke up this morning, and I'm like, did he really do that? That's That was really nice of mine. I didn't mean for that to happen. So Yeah, um, my pocket's I'm, a little I'm sure lighter like, today. Yeah, sure, sure you wouldn't. Uh, but now I, I always, just thank God I that always, Nagy only drank one beer. Otherwise, that, that guy's a tank. He probably could have drank like I owe, 30. I owe you a night out, so I'm Done. looking forward to that. Done. In. Mm. We'll go to Silk. Zach, <laughs> who wins Sunday, Packers or uh, Commanders? Packers better win. Or could you really your God, Aaron Rodgers. Got it. See you, Zach. <laughs> Later. See <Hey>, buddy. <laughs> Bow down to your God. Also coming up this weekend... In Abu Dhabi, UFC 280. With that, every time there's a big UFC event, we talk to the big guy himself, our guy Dan, at Best Fight Picks on Twitter, his podcast, Half the Battle, absolutely incredible. Dan, all the way in the ATL. What's up, Dan? How we living, brother? Oh, we're doing amazing, man. I mean, this fight going down this weekend, you got Charles Dubronx Oliveira on an 11-fight win streak. The guy's got the most finishes in the history of the sport taking on the Habib Nurmagomedov protege, Islam Makhachev, who's on a 10-fight win streak himself. And uh, he seems to be the heir to the throne, to the Habib legacy. So I cannot wait for this main event, gentlemen. Dude, I mean, just let's just dive right into it then, Dan. You know, it's not even the main event, Dan. It's the entire card. There are bangers up and down this card. Uh, no doubt about it, gentlemen. I mean, like, start to bottom, they really, really stack this card. But it's all capped off with that main event. I mean, that main event is got to be one of the best title fights maybe in the history of the sport but definitely in well break it break it down for us man all right coming out of the khabib camp though i mean these guys are just like animals wasn't weren't they like wrestling bears when they were kids yeah man i mean these guys when you grow up in Dagestan, it's just it's just different over there man i mean these guys they grew up in the mountains it's uh you know wrestling bears so to them this this is you know this, this is nothing new to them going out there in the <laughs> desert in abu dhabi you know, against a killer like Charles Oliveira, most finishes in UFC history. I mean, I am pumped for this main event, if you couldn't tell. So, uh, I mean, how much of a reach difference is there? I mean, I see Oliveira's got seven, uh, 74 inches to Makachev's 70 and a half. How big of, a, how big of an advantage is that in, you know, in the octagon? I mean, it's an advantage if they stand and strike at range, sure. which I don't think is going to happen. I mean, Islam Makachev is the kind of guy that... Uh, you know, just like Habib Nurmagomedov, he wants to take you down. He wants to smash you. And what makes that so intriguing is that Charles Oliveira has the most submissions in the history of the sport. So mm. if you want to take this guy down, you're taking down the most dangerous jiu-jitsu artist in the history of mixed martial arts. So that's what makes it intriguing because I think that Islam Makachev is that cocky. I think he is that arrogant. I think that he is that confident and he is going to try to take him down to the ground. And that's where I cannot wait to see it unfold. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, Dan. And when we when you listen to some people in like MMA camps and circles talk, everyone's always trying to figure out what is the best combat sport to train in that is better than everything else. 
and this is kind of putting on a front row view for a title shot, you know, a title shot, jiu-jitsu versus wrestling. Who's better on the ground? Yeah, no no questions asked. And what's also awesome about it is, you know, you talk about jiu-jitsu versus wrestling, but, I mean, the jiu-jitsu guy's been knocking people out, and the wrestler's been submitting people. So it truly is, you know, it's easy to label them, but, I mean, these guys are elite mixed martial artists, and they're well-rounded, too. So, Dan, who you got in this fight, brother? You know, I, I got to go with the Russian, man. I'm going to go with Islam Makachev. I know it's very scary picking against Charles Oliveira, and I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm scared as well. I'm <laughs> probably going to stay up at night. But um, I, I just think that, you know, if you can neutralize the jiu-jitsu that further down the stretch, that's where Islam can pull away, man. I mean, like, even back in the day, guys were able to kind of neutralize or break Charles Oliveira just – everyone's been so terrified of him on his current streak that none of these guys want anything to do with the ground game, and rightfully so. But I think that Islam Makachev, either to his detriment or to his you know, credit, is not going to be terrified, and I think that that's actually where he's going to succeed or fail, and I'm going to say he's going to succeed and become the new champ. So looking at the main card for UFC 280, I mean, Rowdy is right over here. That thing is freaking stacked, dude. I mean, no, no he wouldn't say this could, and I think Danny might have said it too, this could be the best card in, like, UFC history is. It, is I mean, it's loaded. There is not a terrible fight on this card. Then what do we? Th- what do we? Sterling versus Dillashaw, Jan versus O'Malley. Like, what are we looking uh, as we go down the card here a little bit? Yeah, I mean, those are fun fights. But guys, I got to tell you one of my favorite uh, sports betting angles ever. Um, it, it's just four words: bet on Bilal Muhammad. <laughs> you know, this is a guy that. I mean, if you want to win eight out of ten times, if you want to win nine out of ten times, which I think is pretty darn good when you're talking about sports betting, you don't ask any questions and you just bet on Bilal Muhammad. Bet on this guy every single fight. You're going to be on the right side of the coin. So even if we happen to take an L on Saturday, which I don't think we will, I mean, long term, this guy is the definition of money. And if you've been betting him every single fight, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Is he a dog in this? Yeah, he's he's an underdog again. You know, they disrespect this guy to a point where, uh, let me just tell you this, his opponent's last name is Brady. You know, I know Brady is synonymous with winning. If his his opponent's last name was Johnson, uh, Bilal Muhammad would be a favorite here. So, yeah, I I bet on Bilal (laughs) Muhammad. That's my favorite sports betting strategy of 2022. Well, I think when we're talking about Bilal Muhammad versus Sean Brady, I think the interesting thing is the fact that um well one i like your angle on betting this because i think on paper i think this line should almost be flipped because sean brady yeah the guy is good but he's he's an up-and-comer Blau mohammed has been there done that and in my opinion he's fought the tougher competition more regularly yeah, he has. You know, it's just one of those things where you got to project how good is Brady really, and I think he's really good. It's just, like you said, you got to pay your dues in this game. No one is exempt from that first L, and if you stick around long enough, you will take that first L, and I think Sean Brady takes that first L Saturday night. Dan, wow. I'm on your Twitter account at Best Fight Picks. I have to bring this up because we have another guy in here. Uh, uh, his name is Ben. He, he is, he's from Philadelphia, and I saw this Bala Muhammad saying, and I quote, as he doesn't like Sean Brady or where he's from, he says, quote, I hate Philly. I hate Philly cheesesteaks. I hate the Eagles. I hate everything about Philadelphia. Wow. That guy's ready to yeah. come at Sean Brady. He's taking it personal, even where he's from. Jeez. <laughs> I just had to yeah, bring that you up know, those kind of quotes, 
those kind of quotes get you pumped. You know, those are the kind of things that, you know, when you're building up the fight, you know, you want to hear stuff like that. It gets people fired up. It gets people emotional. And that's the kind of stuff we need to build up fights. But at the end of the day, make no mistake about it. This guy is going to go out there cold, heartless, and there's not going to be any emotion involved Saturday night. Dan, your stance on Philly cheesesteaks, yeah, your name? Uh, of course I love a Philly cheesesteak, but I got to know if Philly cheesesteak even really originated in Philly. You know, I'm not trying to put my conspiracy theory hat on. but oh, Please do. It's Conspiracy you know. Theory Friday. Please do. <laughs> conspiracy Theory Friday. I like it, gentlemen. So, <laughs> now, I'm, I'm going to come to you all more research on the topic, but, you know, I, I just – do I do I really believe that Philadelphia invented bread, steak, and cheese? Like, <laughs> am, am I supposed to believe that, gentlemen? I mean, that's what that's what big Philadelphia or big cheesesteak wants you to believe. But I'm I'm right there with you. I don't think so. I'm I'm, I'm inclined to believe maybe it's hard to do where you are, Dan, in the ATL, maybe here in Wisconsin. I mean, let me ask y'all something. Do you believe the French invented French fries? <laughs> Oh, they're called freedom fries around here, Dan. Okay. Do you, do you believe that they invented French toast? Like, come on. <laughs> Again, freedom toast. Hey, Dan, um, what else are you looking out in this card that you're like, you can find some value on or something you like here is going to be a good fight? What else are you, are, are you looking at personally? I bet on this kid named Mahmoud Muradov. He's the only MMA fighter to ever be managed by the great boxer Floyd Mayweather. You know, he's currently plus 190. He's coming off a setback, which is why I think – sorry, um, I just heard myself buzzing. Okay, but I said he's coming off a setback. The honeys are calling. The reason that I think that he's an underdog in this spot, you know? And sometimes you get a buy-low spot. I think this is a buy-low spot. I think he's a very talented kid. And he's up against another good prospect. It's just I think plus 190 is a little exaggerated. So I took Mahmoud Bird off here. Okay, got it. Um, so another one at the, the top of the card that I wanted to talk about, Aljamain Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw. Now – I think if you would have asked everyone a couple of years ago, they would have loved Sterling because he was on his, that was another guy. You talk about Muhammad. If you just wanted to blindly bet some guy that was Sterling until the Peter or the Piotr Jan incidents. But I mean, he's a champion. He came back, he beat Jan. He has the belt. Now it's TJ Dillashaw. A lot of people thinking maybe TJ, TJ Dillashaw, maybe skipped the line a little bit has put together some wins, but they've been against, you know, maybe some older guys, some guys that maybe you didn't think were necessarily quite as good as what they were ranked, and Dillashaw escaped with some wins. But I saw pictures of TJ Dillashaw coming up getting ready for this weigh-in. I don't know about you, and I don't know what he's doing, but he looks juiced to the gills again. Yeah, I mean, both of them do, to be quite frank with you, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they are. I mean, in this day and age, you got to get good chemists. you got to be ahead of the curve, Hell and yeah. you got to get on that undetectable stuff, which I assume that's exactly what both of them are on. But as far as this matchup is concerned, <laughs> I'll be 100% honest with you guys. You know, I pride myself on being ahead of the game on my prospects, my emerging contenders, my future champions, and Algernon Sterling's just a guy I've never been sold on. Um, that being said, I'm okay to accept that I've been wrong in some of his fights in the past. Maybe I just don't like the way that he won the belt. Maybe I don't like the fact that even the way he defended the belt, I just I just don't view this guy as a champion. You know, when you're running away for the for the championship rounds and you barely win, you know, the two rounds that they actually unanimously give you, I just I, I just don't view this guy as the champ. But then with T J Dillashaw, he's about to turn thirty seven. He's coming off a of steroid suspension. I mean, to his credit, he did beat Corey Sanhagen, but I kind of thought he lost that fight. Same with uh, 
with Algerman Sterling, I thought he lost the second Peter Yan fight. So both of them, in my opinion, are coming off losses. It's crazy that this is a title fight. I'm not really too confident on either side. I'm going to pick Algerman Sterling, but I don't have a bet on this one. And then we just got to run down the next the next two on the card. Like you just said, it's Yan, it's O'Malley. I personally hope that he absolutely starches O'Malley. Sean O'Malley yeah, I mean, bugs me. He, he bugs me. I don't know why, but he bugs me. Listen, it's possible, man. I mean, Piotr Yan's a very dangerous guy. It's just that when you're talking about one of these guys like Sean O'Malley, you know, he irks people. He makes people emotional. And you don't want Piotr Yan to react that same way. You don't want him to be like, man, I just want to abandon my game plan and just kill this guy because that's where a guy like O'Malley can lure you into his game and snipe you. So you got to be careful of that kind of stuff. But all that being said, I think that Piotr Yan is on a different level than him and should get this done as long as he doesn't get off to too slow of a start. And then the last one I want to talk to you about, Benil Darush versus Matsu Gamrot. I, Darush is such an underrated fighter, but I know Gamrot is really good too. And if you watch the wrestling clinic that he put on in his last fight, it was pretty incredible. I don't know how you feel on either of these two guys. Obviously, Darush is a nice size underdog, but I, I just can't wait for the fight. Exactly. I just feel like both guys are so underrated. There's no reason, unless you have a strong conviction, there's no reason to force a bet. Just sit back and enjoy two of the most high-level 155ers go at it, you know, for a chance at a title shot. Hey, Dan, before I let you go, I was just, you inspired something in me because I remembered this. So you're talking about guys being juiced up or not. And I was thinking about this, if they want to get really yoked and not be on anything, just be on all natural, they got to hang out with, because uh, he's at UFC 280, the liver king. They just got to eat a bunch of liver. Well, your thoughts on the liver king, Dan, uh, is he juicing or is he uh, all natural? Is he a natty? You know what's funny is that I've only recently seen some of his videos. I'm not as familiar with them as others, but, um, you know, no no comment. I need to do some more research. Uh, you know, I'm currently still researching if uh, Philly cheesesteaks were really made in Philadelphia. And then next on the agenda, the King's a natural. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, he just sent me this video. Yeah, he's, at he's, he's sitting there with Hezbollah. Yeah, Hezbollah. Yeah. Like, what? What are we doing here? He's, he's a, he, he proclaims he's all natural. He just eats liver. That's how Jack is. <laughs> Dan, check yeah, it out. This has Bula something. He is something. Hey, Dan, uh, real quick, I saw. Is that your studio you posted a couple days ago on your uh, on your on your Twitter feed? Is that yeah, your, brother, dude, that thing is balling, dude. That's a hell of a studio. And who's the, who's the good puppy in there? Is that yours? Yeah, it's your doggy, right? Yeah, you know, I got three German Shepherds. Um, I built my own home studio. Three. And, uh, my dog love to they love to sit on the couch and watch me podcast and sometimes the puppy will try to take my shoes off while i'm uh <laughs> podcasting and i have to keep a straight face and pretend i'm not about to die laughing but besides that man it's all love and uh yeah, you dude, your studio is awesome get a lot man. of pleasure out of doing it your studio looks great i mean you're, you're so good at what you do dan if you want to tell everyone how they can find your work how can they get it where can they get it well, firstly, thank you for having me, gentlemen. Always. Um, thank you to your audience as well. Y'all can find me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. And then my podcast is called Half the Battle, and it's available everywhere podcasts are found. Dan, have guys. a great weekend, my friend. Uh, enjoy UFC 280. And if you want to be a natty and get super yoked, just eat a bunch of liver. You'll, you'll know when you dive into Liver King a little more, okay? I, I was thinking I eat raw eggs and do push-ups. <laughs> there you go. No Philly cheesesteaks, though, right? I think I would stick with the Brazilian steak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go, the Brazilian steak. Dan, we love you, man. Have a great weekend. Take care, guys. See you, buddy. All right, I sent you Liver King. What do you think? Yeah. I'm just laughing because that – have you watched um, – And you're new to the Liver King. Like, you, I just started talking about him. You're like, who the hell is this guy? 
No, I I had heard of what he is, but I didn't know how he became famous. He's, he's like, just like a dude. He's like five six, five seven. He just like slams raw organ meat and uh, works out. I guess and that's he proclaims all, he's natural. I guess that's all it takes to be famous in twenty twenty two. And he proclaims he's a natty. But have you watched? Um, good, I like him. I enjoy his stuff. The Norseman yet? No, it's on Prime for free. I gotta watch it. That's um, that's some of the getup that they were wearing in that that movie. He's all about his primals. Primals. And he's with Hezbollah. Hezbollah's hilarious. You don't like Hezbollah? No, I just... He's funny. He's like, how old is that guy? He's not a kid. No, no, it's a man. Yeah, he's like 30-something, isn't he? He's, he's got, like, the extreme Andy Milanakis going on. <laughs> and he's, like, three feet tall.